Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. See, we think, well, there are millions of Christians around the world today, but Jesus only spoke to 12. In fact, Judas, you know, that's why it was 11 at this point. And, And Jesus commissioned them to go and to do. And I just want to look for a few moments at that this morning. In verse 19, he said, go, go. A lot of times we pray that people will come, that people will come through these doors. And you know what? In God's goodness, people do walk in the doors of our church. Some of them are lost. Some of them are looking for hope and for truth. And they're saying, well, maybe it's a church. Maybe I'll find, you know, something that I need because I don't know how to fix me because I'm broken or my situation is broken. But Jesus said, there is a place for that, and that's why we're here this morning, but we are to go. We are to go. And then what are we to do after we go? We are to make disciples. What is a disciple? It's a follower of Christ, someone who patterns themselves after him. And guess what? Saved people save people. And if you've been discipled, you need to go and disciple other people. Not because I'm saying it, because it's in the Word. We've been commissioned as the church to do this. So go, and when we go, what are we to do? To begin to make disciples. Of, uh, like, who? Is there a demographic? Well, it's very large. Get ready. Of all nations. And thankfully, I mean, you, you could travel. Leanna's back with us. Uh, and Kennedy, they were in Honduras, and we're so glad you made it home safely. I'm not going to call you up, don't worry. But some people, God does call to go, and they travel, and they're missionaries in different parts of the world. But in Toronto, w- when I look around, God brought the world to us too. Did you know that? When I look around, I say every, almost every nation could be found in our city. And many nations are right, represented right here in our church. So we don't necessarily have to board a plane to be able to begin to reach who God has called us to reach. But somehow in this modern age, the nations of the world are are even gathered in our city. So go, make disciples of who? Of all nations. And what are we to do? Well, what do you do with new Christians? They They have to get baptized. That's their public declaration that I've decided to follow Jesus. And and we will schedule a baptismal service probably in the month of March. Um, So if you're here and you haven't been baptized, but you follow Jesus, you identify as a Christian, but you've never, this is our baptismal tank back here, but you've never made that public declaration through water baptism, we're going to give you that opportunity in the coming weeks. But we are to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And what do we do next? We teach them, instruct them in the ways that they should go, in the ways of the Lord. So right in that, that great commission, we, we can find a great pattern of how we should be living our life. Not that we, uh, you know, we just find ourselves accidentally in this opportunity to share with a friend, but that we move with intentionality and say, no, this is, I'm working, but I'm on mission as well. This is my mission field at work or at school and wherever you might be. Now, see, Go 
into all the world. This great commission is not a, the great suggestion, but it's actually the commissioning of the church to do the work that God has called us to do. Did you, do you realize that? So just like I paid that, that guy and I said, here, do this work. I want it to look like this. I want the background to be like this, the drum set, the Starbucks cup. I, I was very specific. When we read God's word, he's very specific. His heart is for the world or else he wouldn't have sent his son. He would have said only for these people. But he said, no, he, I love the world that I send it for everybody. Now, John 20, 21, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And these were Jesus' words to his disciples. And that extends to the church today. Those same words apply to us. And then we get to Luke 24. These are kind of like Jesus' last words that he wanted to leave with his disciples, accounted for in the, the Gospels. In Luke 24, I'm going to turn there, and you could turn there as well. And we'll have it on the screen. Luke 24, verse 44. It says this, Then he said, I was with you before. I told you that everything written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. And so let me just give a bit of context. I realize I may have jumped the gun for some of you. This is after he died on the cross, after his resurrection. Now he appeared to his disciples. So he's telling them everything that's been prophesied has, has happened and it must be fulfilled. Verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. Verse 47, but it was also written that this message, what message? The gospel, the good news, would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent, and you are witnesses of all these things. And here is in verse 49, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in this city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now, they were obedient, thankfully, and they waited. But see, the message has to be proclaimed. And Jesus knew that for the church that was going to be born in the future, in just a, sh a few short weeks from then, if the church was going to be able to accomplish its mission, that we would need something special. Yes? On our own strength, we get tired, we get weary, we get off track, uh, we get too busy. And Jesus said, no, you need special power to accomplish this mission. So wait, wait here in Jerusalem, wait in the city, don't go anywhere till you receive this special power, this promise. And then when we turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it simply says this, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me, where? Everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this is where we find ourselves today. You see, it did start in Jerusalem. In fact, the very next chapter... Peter gets up, he preaches the first sermon, 3,000 people are added to the church. And the church was just a baby, is in its infancy. But today, thousands of years later, here we are, the church, God's people, 
and it's reaching to the ends of the earth. But here's the thing. We have the power of the Holy Spirit and it's accessible to all believers. But what do we do with it? Why do we want or have this power available to us? It's not for me. It's so that I can be a witness to the world. And this is the important part. See, on your own, you can try as hard as you want. But that's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It, it changes things. You see, I worked secular jobs. I did. I was young, but I still did it. And, and here's the thing. I felt the difference within me for my work, but also for my witness. And everything I did at work, I, I did unto the Lord, but I worked hard for my boss. And young adults, we touched on this Friday night about being committed to our work. And if we want to make a difference, like we can't be the worst worker who complains about every task that's assigned to us and then try to win everybody to Christ. Instead, we should be leading the way in showing what it means to work hard, to, to put in good work and good effort. And then by our example, we say, hey, and by the way, like I want to share about what's different in my life. And his name is Jesus. People will be more opportune to listening to you when you work hard and lead the way in that way, as opposed to if you're the laziest one who shows up late, who's unreliable, who's all of these other things, and then you try to be an example in your faith. And why is that important? Well, because if you can't lead the way in your life, why would they want your Jesus? So it's, we have this special power. It's a unique power that is given to us to be a bold witness. And I say this often when we talk about this verse, but that word power in the Greek is dunamis. And in English, that's where we get dynamite from. You know, dynamite. So that's the kind of power that is available for you and for me. It's an explosive power. Not that we scare people away because we are so powerful at all. It's, it's him in us and through us that we might see the world saved. So when you open your mouth, though you're a quiet and timid person, when the Holy Spirit is inside of you, when you open your mouth, you speak with that authority in Jesus' name. And that's the difference the power makes. My mom was a quiet woman, barely. But I remember one day sitting, she was the church secretary in Montreal at Emmanuel Church. And I remember uh, I had a day off from school. No one could watch me. So I sat at the side desk in her office. And there was a, a young boy who called. And uh, he was filled with demons. And his voice changed. And I looked at my mom. And she's like, shh, it's okay. And then I saw my quiet little mom suddenly well up with authority. And I knew her authority as a parent. But with, with this person, who, who with, yet with compassion, but with authority, was able to speak and to say, in the name of Jesus, I command you, devil, to get out of this young boy. And, and I was still very confused as a young kid. But I said, Mom, what happened? She goes, oh, I was just taking authority over the devil. And I thought, wow, that's incredible. My mom, such a quiet, you know, peaceful lady, but yet... When it came time to crunch, she was able to, to smash it for Jesus. And, and church, this is the power that we have to be a witness. And my question is, are we using it? Are we tapping into it? It's like being in a room, knowing that we have all these light switches and, and we could turn them on, but we just say, well, it's really dark in here. It, it, it's really dark. I wish there would be light here. And, and God is saying, um, I've already wired the building 
Uh, all you need to do is flip the switch and away you go. Stop asking for power when it's already been, been given to you. And so we have this incredible ministry that is given to us by the Holy Spirit. Now, I've talked a lot about how we need to go and be a witness. And I'm, I'm sure if I asked you to raise your hands and say, who would agree with, with the word of God today? We'd all put up our hands because no one will disagree with God's word in his house, I'm sure. But I want to share with you some stats that might prove otherwise. See, I believe in our head we, we agree and possibly in our heart but discussing what the scripture says about going and making disciples is one thing, but doing it is a whole other thing, and the stats don't lie. 95% of all Christians have never won a soul to Christ. 95%. 80% of all Christians do not consistently witness for Christ. And then here it is, less than 2% are involved in the ministry of evangelism, and 71% do not give toward the financing of the Great Commission. See, if we believe what God's Word says, don't we have to back it up with our actions as well? And I pray that these would convict your heart. And it's not me saying, shame on us and shame on me. No, when I look at this, yeah, I do feel the conviction saying, God, we need to do more. If we are truly on borrowed time, so to speak, how can we not be compelled or motivated to action? And this is what I believe the purpose of God's word is and the purpose of his Holy Spirit inside of us is to prompt us and to motivate us to action. Not just knowing, but when Jesus said go and make disciples, guess what? They did. And, and look at the church today. We are alive and well. But we have to make sure that we continue on with the same mission. Can you say amen if you believe it? And we get to Matthew 9, verse 36 to 38, where it talks about the need for workers. And, and if, if nothing I've said up until this point motivated you and the stats maybe scared you, then take, take this as great motivation for us. Because Jesus is, is showing us a truth and a reality about our world that maybe we don't perceive with our eyes. And so let's see what it says in Matthew 9, 36. So when he saw the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. I think, my personal opinion, it's true of our world today, that people are, are lost, people are helpless, and they, they need some help. Verse 37, he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So what do we do about it? We pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. See, we are called to advance the gospel in the lives of unbelievers. That's our great commission. We are called to advance, not your opinion of the gospel, the gospel, because it already is in the word of God, to, in the lives of unbelievers. And this morning, we want to give you, the church, an opportunity to be a part of God's mission for his church in the world. And for many of us, it's going to start right here at Weston. And in this series called All In, like I already said, we're going to give you an opportunity in a few minutes to be able to go talk with our ministry leaders. Maybe you, you have an idea or you want to serve in a specific ministry, but you're not quite sure how that ministry runs or set up. Today, I encourage you, spend some time. We're going to give you time in a few minutes to go 
And before we do that, we've been showing a video every Sunday about one of our volunteers at Weston who decided just to go all in with Jesus, with one another, but especially with serving here at Weston. And I invite you to just take a look at this story. My name is Abraham, and I've been attending Weston Road Church for, I'd say about eight years or so. I started attending Weston when my family started coming here, and um, we had moved back to Woodbridge while looking for a church, and uh, we felt very welcome when uh, we first came here and have been attending uh, ever since. First thing I was involved with was uh, sound production. And um, the thing that made me get involved was uh, I felt like I had to do something or be doing something. So I had grown up in a Christian home and I had always been involved in church. And I went through a, quite the dry spout of where I wasn't doing anything at church. I was just a bystander. So, um, you know, I felt like, okay, well, I got to get back into things. And I started doing sound production, which is what I had done even when I was younger. But it, it really, one day it was just something sparked in me that made me realize, okay, well, I need to be doing something more. And, you know, I almost found I was trying to hide behind the soundboard. And, um, you know, one day I decided, okay, well, no more hiding. And, you know, my first step was, okay, I want to play guitar. Um, on stage, which was a very big step for me. <laughs> Seems like I consistently found or fell into the trend of, you know, trying to hide from uh, what God had for me. So it was always, you know, I would I would take a step, but it would be a small step. Uh, it was never like fully, you know, jumping in head first into what God had for me. It was always like, okay, well, let me tiptoe in. And then, uh, let me, you know, uh, this is too much, too much water, uh, so to speak, right? So, you know, I was behind the soundboard. Okay, well, I'm doing something. And then, you know, well, when I got behind the guitar, well, now I'm on stage. So, you know, at least, um, at least, you know, I'm, I'm still doing something. But it was always just, you know, a little bit for almost to justify, um, you know, my own mind that okay well I'm doing something but I always knew that it wasn't fully what God wanted me to be doing right now being on the worship team it's it's been something that um, is very liberating so obviously I was liberated before joining the worship team but now being there you know on, on a monthly or weekly basis it's it's uh, liberating in the sense that um, I don't care anymore if someone is, is looking. I don't care if someone sees me, you know, uh, clapping or lifting my hands. That doesn't bother me anymore. It's almost like, you know, um, there could be people around, but it's, it's as if it's just one-on-one -on -one with, with, uh, with God, right? And that's, that's the liberating feeling where now it's at a point that 
you, know, you can immerse yourself in the worship. Whereas before, you, there was a, like a disconnect, right? there was like a barrier. But it was a barrier that I had to make a choice to say, okay, well, I don't want this barrier in my life. And, and it's something that's um, it's a pretty amazing feeling and, and experience when, when you make that commitment and say, I'm all in. Um, and it just happens naturally that every door opens. It's like the floodgates open and Jesus you know, says, this is where you're meant to be. This is what you're called for. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet with me this morning. And we have this incredible opportunity. And some of us wait for opportunities to show and tell the gospel. But I want to submit this thought as we close this morning. Don't wait for those kind of opportunities at work where you show and tell the gospel. Cultivate them instead. Cultivate the opportunity. As you go to work, Ask the Lord, say, Lord, how, what's a strategy? When can I approach? When can I talk? When is the right, right way that I can reach my, my work colleagues and uh, my classmates? And however your context looks like. And here's the beautiful thing. This morning, some of you maybe have waited for the opportunity to get involved at Weston. And, and today is your opportunity. And you might say, well, how is this changing the world? How is this me going to the corners of the globe? I want to say this, God's mission is through the local church. God's mission starts with the local church, and we're called to transform our city for Jesus. And so as we're here today, you, you take a small step to say, I'm going to get involved at Weston, and you just watch how the doors will open in front of you. And I love Abraham's story because he said, I would hide behind uh, the soundboard. Then he would hide behind the guitar. And now for those of you who see Abraham lead, He's got his hands raised holding a microphone, and you can see that he's fully exposed now with nothing to, to hide behind. So you might have some fears, and I, know, I understand that they are real, but just know that it is liberating once you fully trust God and you say, Lord, I'm going all in today. I'm going all in for your glory. See, it's much less about you and me, and it's completely about him and his glory for his kingdom. Can you say amen? So here's some instruction at Weston, just a rule of thumb uh, for everyone who serves. Um, we, we have a rule where you have to attend six months. So if you don't meet that, don't think while well, the door's closed. It just means that we want to ensure that you are faithful to this house, that you're committed to, to attending. And sure, we love to get people on board. And then um, once you meet that requirement. There is a ministry application form at all the tables that are out there, and so you can grab one and fill it out. If you have questions, there's a, a plan to protect table there. You can ask all of them. If you are a parent with children in the classroom, once we dismiss right now, please go and collect your, your items, collect your children, and then um, please make sure you do stick around in the foyer. The tables are all set up, and we're going to have a good morning. Our prayer is that as a church, we don't have spectators. Everyone is an owner. We all participate in what God is doing. And uh, I pray that you take this opportunity seriously. And we trust that God will, will speak to your heart. Would you join me as we pray? Father, we thank you this morning. For we are your church. We are your people. 
We are called by your name, and we are also commissioned to go and change our world for you. So, Father, I pray now as we, as we have this all-in event in the foyer that you would uh, just open wide the doors of opportunity for all of us to get involved, for all of us to serve and to make the difference that we want to see in our church, but for the sake of the world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and we'll see you in the foyer. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.